Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's a tale of two towns, both nestled in the picturesque Rocky Mountains, both a hot tourist draw in winter and summer alike. But Jasper and Banff, situated along Alberta's western border, couldn't feel more different. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10.3. National Post reporter and producer of this podcast, Tyler Dawson, joins me to discuss the factors that saw Banff take off to become a glitzy destination for globetrotters, why Jasper feels a little more rugged, and why locals in the smaller center prefer it that way. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, tell your friends about the show. So Tyler, we're in the middle of summer, and... For people in Alberta who might be looking to get away for the weekend, they know that, you know, some of the best places to go are Banff and Jasper, even though they can be a little crowded this time of year. And and for many, Banff and Jasper known as tourism hotspots in not just Alberta, but in Canada as well. What makes them a draw? For people who may not know, what makes Banff and Jasper such a draw and how popular are they actually? Well, I, th- I think they're a draw for a couple of reasons. You know, they're they're a draw to pretty serious adventure types. I think that's fair to say. Um, lots of hiking and, and stuff like that in the summer and canoeing and kayaking. And in the winter, there's skiing and ski touring and ice climbing and, you know, any sort of activity in between. So there's that sort of set of, of people who are visiting these places. But, you know, they're also sort of, you can get into this rugged, wild part of the country, but also still you know, be living somewhat in luxury. You know, you can stay at the Bam Springs Hotel. You can stay at the Chateau Lake Louise. You can stay at the Jasper Park Lodge. You can go for fine meals and cocktails and shopping and, and things like that. So, you know, it, it's really in, in some ways a fusion of these sort of two worlds, these these two possible tourist experiences. And there's a wide range of things you can do in terms of their accessibility. You know, you can do one kilometer or five kilometer little hike or, or walk through nature if, if that's what you're looking for or you can do sort of a multi-day expedition out in out in the woods um, you can see animals that you've never seen before um, you can visit glaciers you can do some of the more one-off experiences I guess you could do the that skywalk thing at, at the ice fields the Columbia ice fields you can do the hot springs there's a hot springs in in both locations so there's a whole pile of things to do and and things for pretty much any sort of tourist i guess and between the two of them if i do the quick math in my head they get about seven million visitors a year so that's four and a half million in banff and two and a half million in jasper and 
you know, despite offering kind of similar experiences, you mentioned, you know, natural splendor, rugged Rocky Mountains, adventure tourism. When you actually look at Banff and Jasper, they're both quite different from one another. What sets them apart from each other? Well, the first thing is that Banff is bigger. Um, Banff's about double the size of Jasper um, in terms of population. I think there's about 9,000 people in in Banff and about 4,500 in Jasper. Um, so there's a, there's a size difference, but sort of the, the biggest difference I think that a person notices right off the bat is that Banff is just, it's sort of more developed. It's, it's more glamorous, um, has more of a resort town feel to it, I think it's fair to say, than does Jasper. And there's a, there's a bunch of reasons for that, but, but I think those are, you know, there's all sorts of similarities in terms of how they developed and why they developed. Um, and, and some differences too. And I think you still sort of feel the legacy of that today. You know, Banff was sort of very much developed as a tourist destination, even though it is sort of in a historic sort of coal mining sort of valley, you can definitely tell that it's been developed in this way. Whereas Jasper was, you know, 120 years ago was, was just sort of a, a stop on the rail line through the Yellowhead Pass. Um, and so to this day, I think you can sort of feel the differences, you know, there's like the rail line still runs sort of just adjacent to, to downtown insofar as Jasper has a downtown to downtown Jasper. Um, so those sort of things, I think, uh, give each town, you know, a bit of a different feel. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I'm, I'm curious whether geography plays a role into any of this, the, this whole idea that, you know, one of the two just happens to be closer to a major city and a major city that happens to be home to a lot of wealth in not just Alberta, but in Canada. Does that play into how the parks have developed that, you know, one could be seen more as the a playground for the rich and and powerful? For sure, yeah. I mean, if, if you fly into the Calgary airport, you're like an hour and a half from Banff. If you, if you fly into Edmonton, um, you're about four hours, maybe a little more to get to Jasper. You can actually get from the Edmonton airport to Banff in about the same amount of time you can get from the Edmonton airport to Jasper. So there's definitely um, an accessibility difference there. Um, it, it's just simply more driving. And if you're, if you're on a tour or something, you know, you need to get on a tour bus or you need to somehow get to Banff to meet your tour. You know, it's, it's quite a bit easier to do that than it is to go to Jasper. So there's a degree, I think of, of geographic isolation with Jasper that is not there in Banff. And I think that probably accounts in, in large part anyways, for the, the, that sort of million and a half, two million, two million, two million, um, visitor difference between the two. 
you know, because otherwise they're sort of largely similar geographically in the sense that they're both sort of in a valley um, and, and they are accessible by car. Neither are particularly accessible by train, although you can, I think, take a train to Jasper if you if you want to. But but yeah, the, the, the distance from, from a major urban center is a huge part of it. And you mentioned, you know, that Calgary has a lot of money. And I think that that is probably a factor too, especially when you look at a place like Canmore, um, which is for, for listeners that aren't, you know, in Alberta is sort of the town about 30 kilometers east of Banff. It's just outside of the national park and is sort of the, the settlement in between Calgary and Banff. And, and so that is a place that has undergone, you know, a wild revolution in the past 25 years, probably. Um, and I think a lot of that has got to have been driven by by the money in Calgary. And you just don't see that similar development on the towns in between Edmonton and Jasper. You know, you don't see crazy, beautiful development in Hinton or, or Edson, um, not to criticize either of those places, which I'm sure are fine towns but they but they haven't developed in the same way no no you mentioned you know history and the and the way that they were settled how does history play into this discussion into how they kind of developed a different feel right like i look back and i you know that the the banff springs hotel has been sitting there since the late 1800s whereas Jasper developed a little more slowly. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my sense of it. Um, so Jasper was originally just sort of a trading post. You know, if we go back to sort of the 1880s, give or take, it was just sort of a fur trading post. Um, the Northwest Trading Company, I think it was, and then the Hudson Bay Company had a trading post out there. And there's actually, when, you, when you're when you driving into Jasper, maybe about 15 kilometers from the town site, there's a little marker on the side of the highway where where, the, where Jasper House, it was called, used to sit. So, so you, you do have a little bit of history there, and, and, but the, the big sort of historical developments that matter in terms of how these two places developed um, are actually not all that old. Um, and you go back about 30 years, if I've got my math right, because, you know, it's 2023 and not 2000, so 30 years takes us back to 1990, um, that would be about the point, because until ni- 1990-ish was when Banff became a town itself. Um, and Jasper didn't become a town until 2001. So, you know, we're not casting super, super far back in time, but this is when you actually saw some of the big, big sort of changes in how these places were operated that have affected their development ever since. Mm-hmm. And and that's led to kind of a definitely a different vibe. You know, you mentioned that the railroad plays a significant role in in Jasper and has definitely uh, takes up a, a good chunk of the landscape you when you pull into town you're you're greeted on one side by shops and restaurants but the other side by a rail yard and then you look at Banff and definitely feels a little more posh a little more polished is that by design does that have to do with the fact that you know Banff has had a, a decade head start on things you, kind of what's played into that yeah so a little bit of it is sort of cultural i think from some of the people i spoke to you know because Banff developed sort of earlier and and bigger than Jasper um you know the mayor of Jasper when i spoke to him a couple of weeks ago a guy named Richard Ireland who's actually the only mayor Jasper's ever had um he said that if you go back sort of 30 years people who lived in Jasper said, we're not going to become another Banff. That was sort of, you know, the town's slogan was not another Banff. Um, Unofficial slogan, I should clarify. So, you know, there is a lot less, um, there was a local resistance sort of to having 
um, Jasper become another Banff? And, and so you can sort of see some of that still in terms of how it, it does have more of a feel of, of a different mountain town. You know, if you're driving through, um, say, Kicking Horse or Revelstoke or something like that, um, they feel more like Jasper than they feel like Banff, I would say. And so part of that is intentional, certainly. But but there's also the other side of it, which has to do with, you know, the less sexy stuff. This is the municipal planning and development. This is the Parks Canada rules around development. This is the fact that you're in a national park that simply has development rules. Um, so you have the cultural side of it. You have the um, sort of parks side of it, I guess we could call it. And then, you know, I spoke to one resident in Jasper who'd lived there for about 12 years, and she said that because it is still a rail town, because there is still a pretty large rail presence, you do have um, maybe a bit more of a, a sort of settled population base, um, less transient tourist town, fewer seasonal workers and things like that compared to a place like Banff, um, which has, you know, large tourism setups in, in terms of the ski hills and things like that that bring in huge numbers of of uh, seasonal workers every year. Um, and so all that sort of contributes to a little bit of a different feel as well. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned there there are Parks Canada rules and rules around development. Like how much control does Parks Canada yield? And is there a difference between how much control Parks Canada has in Banff compared to the town of Jasper? Yeah, so there is a difference. Um, so back when Banff became incorporated as a town, you know, this is sort of a the process involves Parks Canada, it involves the province of Alberta, and it involved the municipality to, because, you know, municipalities sort of report to the province, so to speak, but in a national park, everything's sort of administered by Parks Canada. So Parks Canada retains in both towns quite a bit of control. Um, you know, there are boundaries, for example. I mean, Jasper can never get any bigger in length or width than it currently is. Neither can Banff. Both these places have rules around commercial versus residential and things like that. Now, where there is a little bit of a difference is in terms of the planning. So, you know, if you look at Edmonton or Calgary or Toronto, you know, the city has development plans. They, they're, they, they, they're planning transit. They plan in terms of densification and infill development. If you want to build a new deck, for your house, you go and get a permit from the municipal government. Um, so there's like large scale city plans that, that councils develop and there's, you know, the individual bits of planning that happen every day in terms of the way properties are developed, businesses revitalizing, all those sorts of things. Now in Jasper, all of that is still done by Parks Canada. So if you live in Jasper and you want to redo your house. You need to apply to Parks Canada for a development permit. If you're a business and you want to set out a patio or do some sort of exterior renovation on your business, you need to go through Parks Canada. That's not the case in Banff. Banff does have its own municipal planning, has power over its own municipal planning. Um, So it can develop a plan for how the, the town itself is going to evolve and it can approve development permits and has sort of local control over each of these steps. Parks Canada, of course, still retains some power over these things, but but at the end of the day, um, Jasper has less control over its municipal affairs than Banff does. And so Richard Ireland, the mayor, said that you know businesses have had a lot of trouble, for example, dealing with Parks Canada and getting um, getting approvals and things like that. So so you can imagine that there's 
been a little bit of a different pace of development um, just because of the logistics of how you go about um, some of these sort of everyday sort of things that if you, you know, if you live in a city or live outside of a park, you might grumble a bit over how long it takes the city to approve a development permit for your new deck. Um, but at least you're dealing with someone in your city, not someone who's in Ottawa or Gatineau. Mm-hmm. It, are there hopes for change to that structure in when it comes to Jasper? Like does, does the mayor hope that, that Parks Canada yield some control to the town? So it can be easier for businesses and residents to make changes or develop, or at least even just kind of get on with day-to-day life? Yeah. So the, the town is sort of in discussions with Parks Canada about modifying that um, sort of setup that they have. And it's not totally clear when that's going to happen. It's not totally clear what that might look like, but there, there have been consultations um, in the last few months about what that might look like. Now, of course, because it's Parks Canada, these consultations are not just with the people who live in Jasper. <laughs> so the, the sort of nationwide consultations on something that really affects the lives of, you know, about 4,500 people. Um, so yeah, this is a conversation. Um, Ireland said that Jasper is like, it's, it's a post-war product is, is what he called it. And, and so if you actually drive through, I was just in Jasper and if you, if you drive through it, you know, a lot of the houses that you see, they look like the houses in the post-war neighborhoods of, of Edmonton or Calgary as well. So so you can tell that the town is in need of a little bit of a refresh. And I think there's the sense that if the municipality does reach an agreement with um, with Parks Canada, they might have a little bit more control over that and it might um, sort of update the town. And then the the other thing happening here, which is a little bit off, off the topic of how they've developed, is... The, this question of whether or not the province is going to create a special tourist designation for for these municipalities that could give them some some way of gaining additional revenue because you know if you're if you own a home in Jasper you know your taxes that you're paying to the municipality um, sure they're paying for every time that you flush your toilet but they're also paying for however many hundreds of toilet flushes are are made by tourists every day. And, you know, as I understand it, Banff and Jasper have some kind of tourism levy, but when it comes to kind of the the day-to-day operations, that might not quite cover the the costs, does it? Yeah, it's basically a destination marketing fee, I think is what it's officially called. And I believe it's 2% charged on hotel rooms and accommodations. Um, So, and that basically goes into, well, marketing um, to try and get more tourists into town. But I, as far as I'm aware, there isn't really a mechanism whereby they're they're looking at ways to raise more municipal funds to sort of help offset some of the the, the costs of, of operating services. You know, if you go to the I used to go to the municipal pool in Jasper all the time when I was a kid, um, and certainly I was paying a drop in fee, or my family was paying a drop in fee, but I wasn't paying. Uh, property taxes in Jasper, obviously, to help support some of that. So so I think there's there's this desire in Banff, Jasper, and Canmore as well to sort of look at how, what other sort of revenue opportunities or what grant funding opportunities um, could be created to, to sort of help alleviate some of the burden on municipal taxpayers. Um, I, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but something like 60% of uh, residents' tax burden basically goes to sort of supporting supporting tourist infrastructure every year. Now, when it comes to these two towns, you know, you go to Banff in the summer and the streets are packed. They've even closed off portions of Banff Avenue to allow more pedestrian traffic so it doesn't feel so cluttered. Jasper, obviously, as you, as you mentioned, isn't as busy, has less visitors per year than Banff does. 
but it still gets a lot of, you know, a couple million people a year come to Jasper Park and a lot of them will go through the town. Do people in Jasper want it to become more popular or more busy or is it just a sense of them looking for, you know, realizing the town maybe needs a bit of a refresh if it's hosting that many people every year? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's more the latter than the former. You know, I don't think that Jas- the people in Jasper want it to become, you know, another Banff with tons and tons of tourists just overrun constantly but but certainly i imagine there does there's a desire to figure out some of the revenue side of things the desire to be able to more easily develop your property or your business streamline some of those processes um i think i think all of that probably is more important than to the people who live there and and, and work there than than it is to you know completely refresh and have a Lululemon on Main Street and, and those kinds of things. Well, fascinating story, fascinating look at, at towns that people may not pay too much mind to, even as they head to look at the Rocky Mountains, uh, spend time in the Rocky Mountains this summer. Tyler, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. 10.3 is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Tyler Dawson. You can read this feature, find more from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.